but that's one of the biggest pitfalls of budgeting and thinking about money, right? It's like mm. you say, oh yeah, that money's going to go towards this yeah. or that money's going to go towards this. And you've spent it 10 times over in your head yeah. before it even like hits your account or you see it, you know, at the, at the bottom line. So we're so guilty of that. Yeah. Hi, it's Nick and Nick. And this is Better Together, where we explore women's stories through life's major changes and transformations and the support they found along the way. Hello. Hello. We're back again. We are. Lucky us. Lucky listeners. (laughs) I hope if you're still hanging out with us, at least. Um, Today, we're going to talk through... Something that's not often remembered as a part of wellness, Mm -hmm. but really needs to be. Um, And that is the topic of financial wellness. Yes. So important. Increasingly, the older we get, which sounds like I'm admitting that we're 90, which we are not. Uh, But as we do get older, it is becoming so much more important to be able to talk about to be able to understand and this is for sure a personal weakness of mine and something that I'm constantly trying to get a better grasp and understanding on so I'm excited to chat about Mm. it same I think I well first of all my parents would love to hear me say I should have listened more to what they said Mm. in my 20s um I did not and who does Hopefully no one, so I'm not alone in this, but um, no, I just, I think, especially coming out of my twenties, uh, learned a lot. I've seen a lot of growth. I still have a lot more to learn, a lot more to grow in, but this journey has been interesting. It's hard. It's rewarding. It's everything in one. So, yeah, I mean, just thinking over the past couple of years, buying house, signing up for, you know, your work's retirement plans and all that. Everything mm. seems so big and yes. uh, overwhelming. So I think anything we can to continue encouraging the conversation to happen outside of just those moments makes yeah. it all a little less scary. Yeah. especially. I mean, there's so much to be said for day-to-day budgeting mm-hmm. to get you to those big moments, cars, houses, babies, pet ownership, all of it is such a big investment. Um, but there are daily steps. So I know we've kind of said just a lot of words about, (laughs) yeah, we should be talking about it. Um, but you are, you are a very strong budgeter and you are great with spreadsheets and organizing it all. And so what is your process look like around all that for your household, for you and James? Mm. And the fur babies. And the fur babies. I I do love a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I'll put absolutely anything on a spreadsheet. I love them so much. They make sense to my brain, and mm-hmm. I love to kind of work with them. And I don't know. It's just a way for me to understand something. But so for us, we kind of split it. So I do our daily budgeting. Mm. So like our day-to-day, our maintaining our bills throughout the month. As our paychecks come in, I'm working that system. James works credit Mm. and credit cards and credit utilization. 
and kind of where I'm setting aside those monthly payments. He really is so great about understanding credit and how credit works, how credit affects you when you're looking at home ownership, when you're looking at anything and uh, kind of planning in the long term. I love that. That's his forte. So we split it, honestly. Um, We have found a system that's kind of, we adapted, we molded it to us a little bit better. And we really honed into it, I would say, probably in the last year and a half where we've been able to feel like we're not just living paycheck to paycheck, which is just a huge relief, a huge privilege, honestly, to get to that point. Mm. Um, It's not perfect. That's to not say I'm not uh, always checking to make sure my paycheck comes in on time because yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, but we just feel like we've built in a little breathing room for ourselves. Um, and that's been important. And I have to say, I learned the foundation of budgeting and what budgeting should and can look like, uh, from my mom. She's like a whiz with numbers. She kind of broke down what it should look like. So, yeah, and then I rely on a couple handful of resources, which we'll kind of plug in throughout um, that are great to just know about and things you have access to. But what do you guys do? How does that look for you? Our system is very loosely structured, which I think in if I was the one that was the main manager mm-hmm. of the money, it would not work for me. But my husband is the main manager of the money and it works for him. And so I've come to accept that we each have our strengths and we each have things that we have kind of taken ownership of in the household. And he is really the one that's in charge of of the finances and what money is going to where and how much we're putting into savings and how much – he just has a better idea in general of how much things cost. So as we look at things that we really are going to need coming up, my car is coming – you know, to the end of its lease. So we want to move from a leased car to buying a used car, but buying a car, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, more things around the house that we want to just renovate and, you know, just general upkeep. And so he just has a better idea of how much all these things cost. So I have less of a hand in that part of it. So it's very loosely structured. We have a handful, not a handful, a couple of joint accounts uh, where certain money kind of goes and gets filtered into. Uh, And then from there, we determine, you know, where the needs are for either that month or, you know, we're right now looking and pricing things out for a bathroom renovation. And so what we do is at least when we look at a big project, we break it down. And so it's like, well, we can put this much aside for the tub. And so we'll just buy that one chunk at a time as opposed to swiping yeah. a credit card or even on the flip side of that, saving, you know, X thousand whatever of dollars on the front end. So we, we do things a little bit, uh, or I would say little by little when it comes to, to budgeting. Yeah, I think um, what's been helpful for us is the idea of, sinking funds is Mm. what we generally call them. Um, There's a million names for them, but we've opened specific savings accounts that apply towards things like an emergency fund. Mm. Uh, We're saving for a house. We have certain money that goes into a house fund. Um, And the way we've kind of structured our day-to-day spending is to have our income going into our 
standard nine to five income goes into our joint account. Mm -hmm. We pay our bills out of that joint account. And then we each a lot kind of like fund money or spending money to ourselves weekly. Um, that goes to our separate accounts that we, so we're in charge of that managing that amount that we have for the week. And then, um, this year in particular, we started what I call a hustle fund. Mm. And our hustle fund is where all of our money went that from our side hustles. And once a month, we look at that and say, what do we have left? Like, what did we make in that month in side hustles? And we're mindful of like having to save some for taxes, mm -hmm. kind of having to work that system, um, legally work that system. Yes, yes. Uh, be ready for that. So uh, we look at that and we once a month look at the hustle fund and say, okay, here's like this chunk of money that we made, we're going to put it on this credit card or we're going to put it towards this project or we'll even divide it in half and say half will go to a credit card, half will go to a savings account. I love, one, the name of that. It's just so cute <laughs> yeah. and clever. But two, you know, Willie and I both have, for now in COVID times, I've kind of stepped back from fitness and teaching classes part-time or even doing personal training, but there is a light at the end of the COVID tunnel, I would say, in which yeah. I'm able to return to those things. And so at this point, it's not my main source of income anymore with the university being that for me, um, but still kind of a side hustle, I guess. And then my husband does some DJing. And so I love this idea of having that separate account. And we do in our minds, but that's one of the biggest pitfalls of budgeting mm. and thinking about money, right? It's like, you say, oh yeah, that money's going to go towards this or that money's going to go towards this. And yeah. you've spent it 10 times over in your head before yeah. it even like hits your account or you see it, you know, at the, at the bottom line. So we're I so guilty that. of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, that's really it. The hustle fund was born out of necessity because, um, so James is, uh, like the biggest hustler I know. And he will do, he's selling things on Mercari or Poshmark. He's, He'll yeah. constantly go through Facebook clothes and sale. sell them to Plato's closet. Yeah, Facebook yeah. sales. And then he also will work like Instacart and Shift. The man just likes to be busy. Yeah. And he loves grocery shopping. So that works out because he's not spending our money, spending yep. other people's money. And he, you know, it's he's working basically freelance. And so it's inconsistent how much we'll be getting in. And we were doing the same thing you said where we're saying like, oh, I think we have like, $50 coming in from what you did this weekend. We can put that towards this. Oh, well, oh, we, we want to go out to eat. Oh, we'll just put that money towards this. Mm -hmm. We allocated it to 30 different things right? Uh, before it's even here. And it was hard to keep up with like, oh, I did X amount in Etsy sales, but I also need, I just got in a monthly spending alert too across my <laughs> iPad. So this is perfect timing. <laughs> you know, when it, I would sell things for Etsy. I'd also have to buy supplies. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to kind of use the hustle fund for that also to say like, okay, yes, I had this much money come in, but you see, I had to go to Michael's for the 14th time this week and Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, get restock on the supplies. So it was a separate way for us to keep track of what we were doing side hustle wise to keep it cleaner. Sometimes I look at our accounts. I'm like, Oh, we have too many, but it's what's working for us. <laughs> right. And yep. Uh, it's been important to have the conversation. I think something we realized kind of in the thick of it was growing up, my mom was taught and so therefore taught me, you don't talk about money. Yeah. And so I knew the basics of budgeting. She's really good with that. But 
when it came to things like negotiating salary or um, how much something should cost if you're buying a new car, that was something you didn't discuss. It was considered rude. So I didn't have an idea of how things worked really honestly Mm -hmm. like how money was attributed to the cost of something I just didn't have a grasp for what that looked like and James similar those conversations weren't happening I don't know that it was the same kind of um, precedence that was said but he just didn't quite have an understanding he was like oh well I paid my bills that were due and now I have this money to play with and next paycheck will be something else he wasn't really planning ahead and um it's been (laughs) It's been a lot of learning for both of us, a lot of listening for both of us and prioritizing our goals. And then also understanding sacrifice. And it's it's ugly even to say it. We've had some ugly moments with talking about what sacrifice looks like and when we feel like we're always sacrificing and kind of how to reward yourself without then compromising your future goals has been a challenge. Yeah. And it's hard too, because like you said, you do want to reward yourself in a sense of, you know, you've been disciplined for however long and you've been saving and how do we acknowledge and recognize that that is hard work and it is commitment Mm -hmm. and dedication to your future selves while also not ruining all of the hard work they just put into staying so committed and dedicated over X amount of time. Uh, Yeah, I, I definitely... I feel that there for me, it's more of the little expenditure. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not the person that's going to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. I rarely buy new clothes, period. For me, it's the coffees and the fact that at this yeah. point in my day, you know, my life and when I structure my days, I enjoy that little bit of freedom to leave the house, you know, yeah, go get pick you up out. my coffee and come back and, We've done, we've, you know, recently I was gifted by my husband, a cold brew thing for the house and I love it and it's amazing, but there's still something about someone else make my coffee for me. I just want to do a little drive through action. (laughs) And so for me, that's my, where I have a harder time of just being like, wow, when I look back on how much money I spent on coffee, I got to rein it in because I'm just like throwing money out the window, you know, like that's not doing anything for me really. And so that's my pitfall when it comes to the little like rewards for doing Mm -hmm. something. Um, yeah. So the treat yourself concept is really interesting because, uh, I love it, but also it's a trap. And so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and something we talk a lot about, um, you know, mental health is always like a topic of conversation or it's kind of woven into everything I focus around, but, um, relationships with food I've recently been kind of understanding this concept of you shouldn't reward yourself with food you're not a dog Mm, and yeah yep and so kind of framing like ideas like your Duncan run maybe it's not to hit that reward part of your brain maybe it's not that you're having you're getting a coffee maybe it's that you're getting to drive so you're enjoying that time it's still reward yourself out of the house but when it comes to having to look where to cut back a lot of times, uh, for me too, it's the little things. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that, but I'm also going to contradict myself right now. I am also, <laughs> I am the person that when I want something, I want something and I'm going to buy it. If I yeah. have the money, I'm yeah. not the person that's like, I'm going to buy a boat. Cause I want a boat. No, right. but like a new water bottle, which I have too many of, um, <laughs> if I need something that I think is going to help me be more organized, 
or like help something in the house, then I'm like, mm-hmm. we're just going to buy it. That's it. This is going to be helpful. Yeah. We're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, James, thankfully, is the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, we're not going to spend that much money. I want to get a deal. Yeah. And so he will find the best deals. I will get the most frustrated because I'm like, I just want to buy it. Let me buy what I want. And right. we learn to kind of compromise like a water bottle. Okay. A, a brand new couch. No, we need to talk right. about it. So, you right. know, we kind of learn yeah. to, to balance that uh, want versus need and, and kind of really talk through those big purchase moments to say like, this is why I'm pushing so hard for this. Right. So, yeah, I would, and this like full transparency on our end, surprise husband, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I think I'm the James in the relationship, but not in the same way. I tend to say, no, like, let's not buy that or let's Mm -hmm. not, let's just skip it or avoid it. Or sometimes I will, you know, like, no, we don't need that that coffee today. Like, I'm fine. Don't pick it up for me or whatever. And my husband's like, you have been working all day. You've been with the baby all day. You've been, you know, whatever it is, like, let me just bring you, we have the money to buy you a freaking coffee. Just accept it. And I mean, even beyond the coffee, he, with whatever it is, he's like, if we have the money, we can, we can afford it. We can do it. We're not living above our means ever. Yeah. But he just has this acceptance with money that I actually envy because I feel like a lot of the times I find myself in this questioning or almost like punishing position of just like, no, like we can't, I can't afford it or, and I don't know, maybe there's more work on my end to do with that, but I just find myself trying to say no more often than just kind of accepting like, if we have it, it's okay to spend it on something that maybe we didn't fully plan out or intend to spend it on. Yeah. There's so much truth in kind of the partnership that's behind treating yourself, reassuring yourself, making sure you're accomplishing those future goals together. I realized something that um, as we were growing and learning to understand money and and how money moves for us, I because I was controlling the daily budget, James would have those same moments of like, oh, we shouldn't spend this money. And I'm like, no, we can mm. uh, we can afford this. This is fine. And I realized I was not letting him into what my process was mm. so that he could learn it with me, even if I was the main person in charge of it. Yeah. That's a personal uh, challenge that I've like had to step aside and say like, no, you should be doing this together, not just you doing it because you like to do it. Um, and that's just one thing that I've kind of learned or keep in mind each time as we go through bills. Yeah. Yeah, I think finances in a relationship is a whole nother mm. category. We've talked about communication, but this is just a whole yeah. added thing. So, And it's so important, so important to talk about it with your significant other. But I think as we're talking about it here, talking about it with friends and, you know, to your level of comfort, it doesn't have to be yeah. sharing all the details of what your expenses and your income are, but talking about just this concept of saving and, you know, for me, I know what will probably transition there, but this idea of investment and when you're ready to retire and things like that, it still seems so overwhelming and honestly scary. Like I remember my onboarding process and they were talking about my retirement options and they were like, you have to decide today and you Mm -hmm. can't change it. And right. And that to me as someone who likes to really do all the research and plan and know and feel confident in my decision, I, it's 
luckily I had the information ahead of time so I could ask some other people. Yeah. But it's, it's a scary thing. Why to me, if it's my money, are you telling me I need to make a decision today that I can't, that I'm locked into for the next, whatever, 15 years, whatever it is, you know? And so yeah. it's understanding how all that stuff works. It's an intimidating process. It is. And it feels like in those moments, um, you know, I think the conversation just isn't normalized enough that you can go to people and mm-hmm. and ask your friends or your inner circle or an advisor, like, how do I do this? And certainly in my 20s, with when it came to retirement, I was like, that's so far away. Like, invest the minimum. I don't care. Like, whatever I'm required to do, just do that. And I don't care. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. And, uh, again, my dad would love to hear me say, although he doesn't listen to podcasts, so, um, I might get this, get this one by him, but I, I should have listened when he talked to me about investing in the retirement system when I worked for the university here in Florida and, and kind of pouring retirement into the state system, um, cause there were two options we could choose what more of a pension option and then an investment option. And the pension option was tied to how many years you would work mm-hmm. in that field so that you could be vested and keep the contribution from your employer. And uh, I chose that pension option. And my dad's like, you're not going to stay there for, I think it was like eight years. Yeah. He was like, you're not going to be there eight years. You need to do the investment option. And I was like, no dad, like I don't have time. I already had to choose. I'm already locked in. I can't be bothered. Uh, to ask the questions kind of thing. And uh, I should have listened. I should have done it differently. <laughs> I should have. Eight years is a long time. I did not stay there that long. Mm-hmm. But now I am in a role where my company offers a 401k and that's new to me. Uh, so I've learned a lot in the last couple of years about 401k and what that is and how that works. And I will tell you, my top two pieces of advice is always put in whatever the company is going to match you towards. If you mm-hmm. can afford it. I mean, like, don't like, it's hard when you look at a breakdown of your pay stuff and you're like $60 a paycheck. Like I right. could use that. It's hard when you look at it like that, but my company in particular matches up to 5%, which is very generous. And that's free money yeah. that I can, that I'm getting. And I didn't understand it until it was put that way. We're really like, yes, 5%, maybe a chunk out of my check that I could put towards something else. But uh, this is a goal I'm not actively saving for outside of my 401k. And then, so our 401k is through Fidelity. And in my first couple of weeks on the job, I like went to Fidelity was like, what is this about? Like, I should educate myself. I have something here. Can you tell me about it? (laughs) Yeah. And they have so many useful webinars and tools one of them was like how are you doing retirement wise like let's grade you basically on your retirement health i failed uh (laughs) so intimidating unprepared um but they kind of have just a lot of different ways of breaking down what investment is and why it's important and some areas even that you can look towards so um i like that their approach so far has not been just put all your money in retirement. That's what you need to do. They've talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, like the need for an emergency fund savings account, the, you know, what loans look like from 401ks, what hardship withdrawals look like, what you're really kind of losing if you take out of that account. Yeah. 
And so, as always, I'm going to plug. Yes. Talk to your benefits people. Yes. They want to talk to you. It's overwhelming and intimidating, but they do want to talk to you and they can help you understand your options. Even if you only have one day to choose, um, don't take no for an answer until you really understand it because it is your money and it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my husband and I have been talking about this because we both work for UConn and we have the same access to the same resources, you know? And so it's like, mm-hmm. we need to start reaching out to these folks and see what our next money moves are. Yeah. Uh, and so it's nice to, I believe our person, whatever his formal title is or their formal title is, is through Prudential. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out. So I'm, sponsor us. Sponsor us, please. Uh, <laughs> with money. Um, <laughs> I would. With money. <laughs> I would. I think, you know, we would really benefit from that kind of a conversation. I mean, we even reached out to our local bank branch and um, have left a message with them, you know, with the holidays and things have been moving a little slowly, but just seeing what some options would be at this point, because I think the first step is obviously educating yourself. When something seems so overwhelming, what do you do? You Google it, you watch YouTube videos, right. Or you completely just kind of hide in a cave. But I will say, I think I've done my fair share of hiding in a cave and now I'm ready to rake it in you know just like how do I make all the money please thank you so something that also was kind of foreign to me coming into college uh that I messed up in my 20s was credit Mm. I did not understand and I was like well I have the money to pay back I'll pay back and very quickly as an 18 year old in college was not doing well with credit Mm um and it's hard because it one credit, obviously very overwhelming. Um, two, it feels like your choices are permanent. Yeah. And it's hard to understand because kind of the undoing of some poor choices yeah. is a long game to play. Yeah. And it's not, it was so quick to swipe that card, but it takes so long to undo it or unlearn that behavior. And so there are a lot of resources out there that can help with that. James is great with that. You can DM him if you want, he'll help you. <laughs> Um, he's a very uh, nice guy. Do he's it. so great. He <laughs> loves to talk, so he will be happy to help. Um, but something that we found on the interwebs was credit warriors and you can find them on mm. Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. Um, they have a free credit handbook that kind of really breaks down the idea of credit, how credit works, how things come together and influence your credit score and whether positive or negative. And they give you a lot of tools. And right off the bat, there's some free stuff out there that you can do. And then they have all different levels of advising, too, so that you can get into credit repair if that's somewhere you need to be or support-esque groups. It's not like a therapy support group, but obviously like a community. That's the word. (laughs) Community of people that will help you learn, uh, too, as you grow financially. And they've been a huge help for us in understanding building credit. I love that. And I wrote it down. So again, credit warriors. Mm-hmm. I got it. All right. I love that. 
I will also tell you someone I relied on heavily, like templates that I relied on heavily as I learned daily budgeting and learned what would work for us is the budget mom. Mm -hmm. She also has a million free resources. um, And then she has a budget workbook too, that you can purchase from her and kind of work along with lots of YouTube videos, lots of Instagram and Facebook content. Yeah. I follow her on Instagram. She's fabulous. Very easy to understand. Yes. Follow along. Yeah. I love that about her, that she makes it attainable and she is a single mom that's rebuilt and has just so much good knowledge and is a very helpful resource. So I would always plug her as well. What would you say are one or two financial goals? You don't have to be that specific, obviously, but generally speaking, when you think about the future, what are some goals that you're either trying to solidify or that maybe you have already solidified you and James? Mm, This is a really good question. I would say, so one thing we're currently working towards right now is a house. Mm -hmm. We want to be in a house next year when our lease is up or nope, sorry, 2021 this year, this year, this year. Um, we're ready for home ownership as much as we can be. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to get in a spot financially where our savings isn't just completely drained. Yes. Um, you know, we still have a little bit and that's a whole new process to us. My family moved more often. James grew up in the same home for the most part, the majority of his life and they built in that neighborhood. So we just have different ideas uh, and understandings of how that works. And yep. you guys Shout out to you and Willie have been a huge help as we talk through kind of what that looks like, what we can ask for, what we can't. Um, So, yeah. So financially, we're saving towards a house. Uh, One financial goal that we've already met is establishing an emergency fund Mm. for us. Uh, It's not a ton of money, but it's enough money that I feel like I have some breathing room. And that was huge and hard to prioritize, honestly, because it was like, you don't want to think about the what ifs. It's like, no, right. well, this is a need. And when really it's a want. And so prioritizing saving for that was pretty big. Mm. Um, and then we also in 2020 made the decision to go down to one car because we could financially. Yeah. Um, we were in a place both working from home. We were lucky. We did not need to rely on having two cars for the majority of our time. Yeah. And we honestly, we were not upside down on a car loan, which does not ever happen. It was bizarre to see, but they were willing to give us more than what we owed on the car. And it was about to need a lot of work. And so that was one financial goal. I think I talked to multiple friends about like, is this crazy? Does this, (laughs) does this make sense? (laughs) What are we we doing? I love that. We have definitely talked about it. I don't think that it's feasible for us in the sense of whoever is with the baby needs to have access to yeah. a vehicle, of course. But I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my lease is coming due very soon. Uh, I want to say two months left, two or three. And uh, after that, we are looking to buy a new to us but used car mm-hmm. and just kind of assessing what that need actually looks like is it just a commuter car is it 
just, you know, it, obviously we're not going for luxury here. We do have, he, my husband has a Acura, which, you know, he has tend to veer a little bit towards the nicer vehicles, but I will be, uh, inheriting that vehicle. And, uh, I think we're just going to have truly a commuter car. And so I think that's another opportunity for us to not throw money out the window. Yeah. Cars are just, they're not, we all know this. They depreciate in value. They're not going to give us anything back. And so to invest a ton of money in them, not probably not great. (laughs) Yeah. And what you like to your point too, we, one of our selling points was right now we don't have kids. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't feel like we needed each person to have a car in case they were with the baby. Um, and knowing like why we kind of stacked that money on what we were paying from the car note and insurance that went down. Um, and we're kind of pushing that all into a savings account so that we're comfortable then putting a down payment on a car when that time comes to have two cars again. Uh, it was a big decision and it felt weird the whole time we were doing it. Like it felt right, but it was like, I don't know, yeah. you're giving up a sense of like security, but we're, we gained so much from it. So, um, right. And I think, too, there's this weird sense of, I don't want to necessarily call it status, but there's this expectation that every Mm -hmm. person needs their own car. And that's just not true, especially having, you know, now coming out of a pandemic. But there there's no need necessarily for every single person to have a car. How often is it really required that you're both driving a car in separate (laughs) directions? So it's just this, this weird concept that I don't know. I think society has told us that, you know, you reach a certain age and one of these milestones is that you buy a car. And I don't necessarily believe that that's. Yeah. Same. My view has changed on that a lot too. And I think for us, like our inner circle of people, as we kind of talked about, we were going to make this decision. They were like, okay, well, what led you to that? Like no judgment, right? It was the outer circle, not necessarily people that we know, but people that we kind of like were telling about, or even the, at the dealership as we were selling his car that were like, Ooh, are you sure? Ooh, you're not going to have a car. Wow. Is that, and it's like, well, I just didn't care for the outside pressure than telling us what we should do on the inside uh, without taking time to get to know that. That's one thing I wish would change around money a lot is just kind of moving to really a judgment-free zone. We're uh, just needing to learn. And there's so many communities and groups that are unable to get access to these kind of resources. And it's, I think, just so important to shed a light on what's out there. I just finished a book that also said something, and it, it kind of translates, but said something along the lines of, think about who is benefiting from your fear. And this mm. conversation brings that back up. Think about yeah. who's benefiting from this message that we've been told over and over and over again. And I mean, we can use that across all topics of discussion, but I, I think it's pretty telling here, you know, you need this car, you need to, everyone needs to have their own mode of transportation. It's like, well, who's benefiting? Not me. I'm not benefiting from spending money every X number of years to buy a new car. That's going to just die one day. You know, (laughs) that's not a huge benefit to me. There are benefits that it brings, but when I look at where I'm at in my life at this point, maybe that isn't a benefit for me, you know, but there's this fear and this pressure and, 
it's just not necessary, but it makes sense when you think about who's benefiting from it. And in the same book, which I'm almost finishing, (laughs) I believe they also talk about kind of stepping out of fear-based decisions and relying on your internal knowing. The knowing. The knowing. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would also encourage you to anyone listening to kind of rely on what you internally feel, what your intuition is before just kind of like succumbing to what society says you have to do out of fear. I will also just call out the book. And I think we have not talked about this, but I think we need to have like a bonus episode where we just, we say this is what the episode is going to be about. And we just dive into some of our favorite parts of the book. Yeah. It's untamed, uh, (laughs) by Glennon Doyle. Oh, my new hero in life and love and living. (laughs) Shiro, if you will. Yes. Uh, so yeah, bonus episode coming your way. She's got lots of great nuggets like that. Yes. And so, okay, so my question for you yes, is as you begin to combine finances with a partner, mm. what is like one or two tips you would give our listeners uh, to how to like kind of be open to that conversation? Like what made it easier to get through those conversations of how you were going to handle money together? Hmm. Well, I would say in general, one of the things we both did early on, you know, just this conversation that happened early on was talk about our debt and what money Mm -hmm. we owed, um, whether it's credit cards or student loans or car, whatever, um, putting it out there. I have significantly more student loan debt than my husband. And so I think that number kind of like shook him to the core a little bit. Uh, (laughs) but I would say you your goals and your future depend on your understanding of your past and Mm. obviously your present. But I think we both have made financial mistakes as teens and whether that's with credit cards or just our understanding of saving money and whatever. And so I think your honesty in where your debts lie from the beginning so that you can do your best to set up a clean slate with the two of you from the start. Yeah. Uh, is it was very helpful. Um, and then I think understanding and you kind of alluded to this, but understanding each other's past with money or mm-hmm. how we were taught about money, uh, was very telling too. Uh, and I think that, you know, I had mentioned earlier my understand or my hesitation with spending money has a lot to do with the education that I was given. And I know my parents listen to the podcast, so they're going to be like, what is she saying? Uh, (laughs) they were very forthcoming and forthright with their income, their expenses. My dad is very meticulous with his spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I felt very lucky to have had them being as transparent as they were. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very helpful. But I think with that in mind and, and knowing growing up, like we, my dad and I joke about this all the time, but we didn't have rice Krispies. We had crispy rice. We had the knockoffs of some food items. And now I understand it. Of course, you know, like 31 year old Nikki is like, we are shopping at 
Aldi. We are getting the super brand or the supermarket brand, whatever, uh, which of course makes my parents laugh, but they were very transparent. They constantly talked about the importance of saving and not spending above your means. So all of that was very important to me. I think I, I know my husband's conversation around money was a little bit different and I can obviously see that now in, you know, my in-laws, they do, they have this understanding of, you know, if I have the money, I'm living right now and I'm okay spending what I have, you know, like I'm okay if we have it and we want something, I'm comfortable with that. And so we did, and we do come from strong uh, backgrounds of this, I don't know, having an understanding of money, but differently. And so I think all of that to say, <laughs> having a conversation so that you can understand how decisions are made. Because even now, after we've been in a relationship for years, those those rooted understandings come to the forefront more often than not. Yes, especially I think as you talk about planning for big things, mm-hmm. including retirement, like that there's no benefit in holding back in these conversations. I feel, um, when it comes to more of the intimate conversations with partners or family, obviously with strangers, like your discretion on how open you want to be. But I think it's so important to know, like there is no wrong answer because it's about you and Mm -hmm. it's about what you want to accomplish and what you want it to look like. So, if you feel like you need to kind of really be minimalistic and save hardcore for however long, that's your journey. And I think it's important to find uh, resources for yourself to keep educating yourself and then to, you know, surround yourself with people who are supportive of that. Yeah. And even in looking towards the future, obviously we'd be in trouble if we both didn't want to approach saving for Camilla or Camilla's education Mm-hmm. similarly uh and luckily we were on the same page about that but it, that's a result of ongoing conversations of things that we have lived mistakes we made successes we've had and how we really want to set him up for success and so that's equally important but to yeah. get there you have to do the hard work yeah Do you have any other resources that you found suggestions as a mm. HR guru, (laughs) a guru that you would like to share with us. Um, I think always look at your options. Don't be afraid to revisit, um, your benefits team, your HR team to talk about, are there new options available? That was something I just did not do. I didn't pay attention to what options I had, you know, from like insurance coverage wise. I was just like, yeah, elect into this, into this. And it's, the earlier you can start, the better, but it's also never too late to start. Get in there, ask the questions. If you don't know how something works, they are literally there to be a human resource. But um, hello, <laughs> connecting it full circle. And then my other piece, like check out what you can find for free online. There's so much out there and you can tailor it to what fits for you. So we talked about the budget mom. We talked about credit warriors the budget nista that's another one i love and i think there's just an incredible wealth of knowledge out there and then make the decision that works for you don't worry about being pressured from everything else i love that and when we share this podcast info on instagram we'll be sure to tag 
some of those fabulous resources that we like. Yes, for sure. And you can go down the Instagram black hole of budgeting accounts as we all have. There's so many. Yes. And they have these beautiful accounts that just make you want to download everything and organize your life. So yeah, take advantage. (laughs) Are you ready for quick six? Yes, but I have um, six questions for you and I can't choose just three. What? Okay. How about this? How about you ask three, I'll do three, and then you finish with three. Because six in a row seems scary to me. That's too much. I guess. I mean, pick your poison. Okay, Ugh. let's do that. Okay. Okay, my first three. Do you believe in life on other planets? Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. I yes. didn't know. I was like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what is your least favorite activity but is absolutely necessary to continue? Dishes. Mm, that's a good one. I don't do them. I don't. I hate them. It's okay. weird. I, I have this weird relationship with the kitchen because ideally at the end of every night, the dishes are either in the dishwasher or like cleaned but drying and the counter and everything is all wiped down. Like that's my, that I've kind of like yeah, taken that on I as my. Those same big dreams. Yeah. And so for the most part lately, surprisingly, I've been able to achieve that. Tonight, I don't think that's going to happen, which is fine. But I don't like to do it, but I want to do it. Does that? It's weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm right that ever. I would love to say like, oh, in my household, I make sure the dishes are done every night. Clean sink, clean home. No, <laughs> I, I really want to get there, but I don't want to mm-hmm. do it. The work. So yeah. that's totally fair. Yeah. Okay. Last of the part one question. <laughs> yes. What is something you're looking forward to? Camilla's first birthday party. I don't have any of the details figured out, but it just makes me excited. I can't believe how close we are. I know. We're over halfway. It seems crazy. That's crazy. Okay. Crazy. (sighs) Okay. What is your favorite candle or diffuser scent? I'm desperately looking around to see what's near me. Um, you know, probably Bath and Body Works. Sweater mm. weather. Sweater weather. <laughs> Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. I have a weakness for it. I love it. I can't describe the smell. It smells like fall to me. It just, it makes me feel warm inside. I like it. All right. What is the biggest thing you have learned about James since you've met him wow okay uh that's a a longer frame of time than i was expecting (laughs) so we've been together five years i know a lot about him yeah uh but one thing i learned recently Mm. and i i did not know this at all he has a huge love for learning history and he can remember like specific dates of wars and like battles and things that went into that. Like he's really uh, very much intrigued by all that. And it, when you meet him, he is, oh, he's very friendly. He loves to talk. He can tell you about movies and pop culture and Disney mm-hmm. and, and music and an array of subjects. And so history was kind of one that just, I guess, never came up. I don't know. It's weird to say after five years that I was like, 
I never knew this about you, mm-hmm. but that's, that's one thing. And I love that about him. Um, he just loves to nerd out on stuff. So I love that. we're always learning. Love it. Okay. I'm going to ask you an impossible question. Oh, okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> never mind. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> okay. Cleo or Charlie? <laughs> Who's your favorite fur baby? <laughs> uh, I know. It's impossible. They're in the room with me, so I feel like if I answer, one of them will just lunge yeah. over. Um, you can whisper the answer so they don't hear. Okay. I'm going to answer you honestly. Okay. And it's neither. It was Tito. Yeah. So Tito was my first pet as an adult. He was a kitten. I picked him out as a kitten. We unfortunately lost him in 2019 um, to kidney issues that crapped up out of nowhere. So it was a surprise. But he he will forever be my first love. I love them all so, so much, of course. But uh, Tito's my guy. I love Tito. He was so freaking cool and uh, just a really cool a cool cat. Cool, cool cat. cats and kittens. Aww. Um, so, yeah. So, it would be, honestly, Tito would have been my favorite. Love it. Well, those are my three questions. Continue Great. your... Part two. <laughs> <clears throat> Kicking it back for part two of, of <laughs> torture. You're welcome. Okay. First up, what is your hype song? <laughs> Let's get loud, J-Lo. I love it. Okay. Mine is Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. Love it. Just it really gets in my soul, gets me like in a better place. Love that. Makes me want to get my act together. I have a fun fact about both of those songs quickly. Man in the Mirror, Tell when us. that song comes on, I call my brother and we both belt it out on the phone. We haven't done that action in a really long time, but we're due. So that's... Let's FaceTime him in. Right now. No, he's going to be like, what is this? <laughs> Second fun fact. Uh, so love JLo, love her music. She's just incredible. I had a breach, mm-hmm. ba- breach baby. So I had a scheduled C-section and we knew one of the nurses, we had specifically requested her to be in the room, you know, help with all that stuff. So she was my girl, whatever I needed. And she was like, what music do you want to listen to when we're in the delivery room? And so oh. I was like, I want to listen to JLo. And she put JLo on and I love that right before Camilla was born. Let's get loud came on. And I just instinctively, now mind you, I can't move a muscle in my body except except my like head and face. (laughs) And all of a sudden let's get loud comes on and I go, and the nurses and Willie just look at me like something was wrong. And I was like, it's my song. (laughs) I love this moment. And they were all like, Oh, you scared us there for a minute. I'm like cut open on the You're operating major table. major abdominal <laughs> surgery birthing a human. And oh, my jam. It's my song. So, yeah, it's great. So I now that. when that song comes on, I like to remind Camilla that he was born to that song. So, yes, it is now forever and always going to be my hype song, my favorite song, all of it. <laughs> I love that. It's such a fun story. Yeah. Okay. Enough of the feel good. Okay. My next question is, how do you feel about the flavor cinnamon raisin? <laughs> this is a legit question. I'm laughing because your face is just like, hmm. <laughs> Can you tell how I feel about it? I like it. Oh, well, friendship over. <laughs> cinnamon raisin bagel. 
specifically used to be my favorite bagel. Now it's like my third favorite bagel. <laughs> Everything bagel used to not be my favorite, and now it's my favorite. So yes, okay, I, I a little bit of redemption. Okay, phew, thank goodness we can still keep the podcast running because we like What's the same your bagel. Second plain. <laughs> So in between cinnamon raisin and everything, let's just throw in (laughs) a plain ass bagel. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Logic. (laughs) It's there. Mm -hmm. Well, it's been fun working with you, but cinnamon raisin is gross. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Last question. I'm really big into the scenario question. I see. You get a new dream job. Okay. And I'm telling you what it is. You don't get to tell me what it oh, is. Oh, okay. Your, your new dream job is to start making the fortunes that go inside fortune cookies. Oh. What's your first message you're writing in? Are you over me? Are you tired of me yet? Let's go, Cinnamon Rings. What is it? Um, you can do hard things. Oh, yes. That's something we say all the time. And it is so true. Yeah. I guess that would be it because it is true and it's quick and short enough to fit on the fortune cookie paper. They can't like unravel a scroll from the cookie. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. So on that, on that fortune, what would the lucky numbers be? Go. Mm, No. See, this was my (laughs) question for you. I'm not playing the game anymore. (laughs) I already did my three. Um, The numbers would be 32. That's just one number. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. Hopefully that's your lucky number, everyone. Just the one. Just 32. (laughs) Great. We don't need any more. Bye. (laughs) That's it. Oh, wow. That was really, that was great. I learned a lot. I literally took notes as we were chatting. So I'm excited, particularly about the hustle fund. I'm going to go report. I will be reporting back to my husband about that. Yeah, we will be discussing this. I'm so glad we made time to talk about this because it's a, it isn't. It's not brought up enough, and it's something that I think I want people to feel more comfortable with. As I get more comfortable, I'm always willing to share. So, Yeah, and we joke about you know school not preparing you for the real world, but I think truly it's a disservice to not talk about this stuff yes. more in high school, in college, everywhere you know, and even if you're not going to college, like, are there just opportunities for you to get this information? And I think there are, I think people are scared. I know I am and have been one of those people. And so if you're waiting for that sign to go make more money or be smart about your money, smarter, go do the research, look, just do a quick Google search, go to your HR reps there's no harm in asking questions and finding resources to support you and your future. Yeah. So I love it. All right. That's all we got for you. That's it. Thank you for being here. And now go make millions. Sayonara, suckers. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're so glad you joined us this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. It really means a lot. Until next time, remember, we're better together.